Welcome to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. I'm Catherine Mora, founder and CEO of Change Empire Books. We help coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs write and publish quality books and get them out into the world. We believe that thought leaders are made through a combination of quality of service, planning, and authenticity. Do you want to impact lives and leave a legacy? Stick around until the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest on the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. Let's get started. Starlet Henderson here with this episode's thought leader, David Taylor Klaus. And David is from DTKcoaching.com and the author of Mindset Mondays with DTK. Hi, David. How are you doing today? I'm well. It's good to be here. I'm glad you're here. Uh, that makes it, you know, <laughs> a better podcast when there's two yeah. of us. So um, DTK Coaching, you're a coach. I saw that you're executive coach, you're a team coach, you're entrepreneur coach. Um what do you do in your coaching business for your clients? What are some top skills you share? When people ask me what I do, I almost never say I'm a coach. I say I reintroduce successful entrepreneurs and senior executives to their families. I saw that on the website and that just yeah. um, warmed my heart. Yeah, I, I realized years ago it was really important to speak to the value of what happens for the person who's already done the work. And even when I just say, I reintroduce successful entrepreneurs to their families. Executives will go, oh my goodness, well, if you can work with those crazies, what about me? <laughs> because, I mean, it, it gives people a visceral response to, oh my God, I'm over-calibrated too. I get it. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. And so, um, yeah, they, you know, that's in the back of their mind. Like, I want to get to the football games. I want to, you know, right. have date night. Um, and so I'm you're tired of eating at my desk more than at home. Right. Yeah. Breakfast, lunch, you know, they're grabbing breakfast on the go, having lunch at the desk and uh, probably, um, you know, calling over dinner. Right. Maybe. And then and then getting home late. Maybe I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. Right. Two hours later, you're not even there for bedtime. I've yeah experienced that and know of many that have. So me too. Um, so you're not a coacher. You're uh, my reintroducer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How did you get started doing that? Um. Actually, I had started on the track of becoming a Vistage chair. Vistage is a C professional CEO organization. Mm -hmm. But I realized that what it took to build that Vistage practice was going to take me away from the one-to-one -one coaching piece. And I wanted to be a coach, not just the mentor, consultant, thought leader. And I went to the first weekend of coach training. And by the first break, I was calling home to my wife going, holy shit, I found it, right? Nice. It's like, there was language and structure and tools and a discipline and a profession built around what I had really been doing cluelessly as a consultant. Yes. I had a really deeply coach approach to the consulting. It wasn't just here, here's what's broken, fix it. Right. It in, a, in a 12 page humans. form, right? <laughs> exactly. But it was working with the, the humans to help them understand that the only thing that was standing between a flawless execution of the brilliant plan that we delivered and, and was their head garbage. So the more we worked with their head garbage, the better success rate we had with these plans. Yeah. So, that, so was the, that was the evolution into coaching. The birthplace of Mindset Mondays. Yeah. Got it. Um, so 
share with us a story or two of the impact that you're making with this approach and your mindset, um, you know, work. Look, the, the easiest place to start is my story, right? I also know it best. <laughs> no, I had become that over-calibrated leader and it had gotten, I'd gotten so far off track that I was building the company I thought I should build. And my partner and I at the time were leading the company we thought we should lead and growing the team we thought we should grow. And mm -hmm. everything was done on external measurements and around our 10th anniversary. And, and by the way, 7% of companies ever see 10 years. So we were doing something we're right. Doing right. Yeah. By all others, right. calibration. You use this word over calibration. Right. And I'm like, you know, there's some things I prefer to be over calibrated on. So like maybe other calibrated, you were meeting the success measures of other people and you made 10 Absolutely. years. Absolutely. And something right. It got to a weird point. Like I turned the doorknob of my office and my stomach turned. And, and by the way, that's a sound that you're, you're close to bottom. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I learned from a friend that in the 12 step world, you have a choice when you look forward and you see that it's, a, if you keep going the same way, it's just going to get worse. Mm -hmm. You can wait until you hit rock bottom or you can raise the bottom. You can make this your bottom. Yeah. And bounce. And I did. Good. But for me, it was about finding the motivation to make things different. I, I was so off kilter on who I was and what I wanted. My motivation was my kids. And, and I'll be really blunt because isolation and depression is something that entrepreneurs deal with a lot. Yeah. I had gotten to the point where I couldn't figure out a reason for me to stay. But I also learned that children who have a parent who committed suicide are 500 times more likely yeah, it's a big factor. To attempt. And that's not the legacy I wanted for my children. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was about finding the motivation, something that was important. What did I want to be and who did I want to be for my children? What did I want to model for them? Yes. That was my motivation point to turn things around. And I think for entrepreneurs and for leaders, the most important thing is knowing why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. Now, underneath it is knowing who you are. <laughs> but if your access point for most people is starting with, what is it that's motivating you? Why are you doing this? Right. Especially when you said you're turning the knob and your stomach's turning and you have to ask, you know, why, why, why am I putting myself through this every day? That's a sucky feeling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is. And when you notice that what you're doing is sucking your soul instead of feeding you, man, that's time for a change. There's, yeah. there's no, you know, no pain, no gain BS in, in business. That's not the way it's supposed to be. We're, we're not living to work. The whole, the idea of work-life balance is what's killing us. Yes. And I, I've, I've heard. Yeah. And I, yeah, I will yeah. agree. Yeah. You can't, you can have it all. You just can't have it at all at one time. Is, <laughs> is, is that true? Well, it, that's where I'm at right now. And <laughs> maybe you can work on my mindset. Um, but there's something that you were saying, um, you know, your motivation was your kids to get out of that situation where I know I've talked to a lot of people where the kids are the reason to stay in that situation, right? Because you mm. can get income, you're providing, you know, maybe an example of trying to achieve things, even when it's hard. Um, that to me seems like an opportunity for you to check in with me on mindset for that. Yeah, if you're if providing for your family means that you're not present for your family, then 
that's overcalibrated. That's not working. Mm. We are social animals. We are tribal animals. We have been forever and will be forever. Being in connection. And, and even during pandemic and lockdown and Zoom you know, routine that we're in, being in connection with other humans is even more critical. Mm-hmm. So phoning it in from work and saying, I'll see you on the weekend, that's not what your family needs your spouse or your children. Mm -hmm. That's not the way humans are wired. You are, (laughs) it's a ticking time bomb for you to run your world that way. And we can, we can talk about all these models and say, no, 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 that's just how it works. That's how it is. That's an unwritten rule that you're following and it's wrong. Yeah. And you can wait till you hit your mid fifties or, you know, mid forties to mid fifties and have have your midlife clarity. Yeah. Why wait? Sure. It's just burning time and burning energy and crushing your soul when now is the time to enjoy it when you're young enough to spend time with your family. Yeah. Now's the time when you turn it around, you have a little bit less head trash maybe and a little bit less obligations where you can just say, okay, you know, no, why walk down this road anymore? Let's start. I have a client who he and his brother had a successful firm in the UK serving all of Europe manufacturing. And he said, listen, we got nothing in North America. I'm going to the U.S. to open it up. And he brought his two little kids and his wife, and they opened up <clears throat> North America and ended up South America as well. And in four years, they took it from zero to eight million. And it was fabulous. And he built up that professional management layer. <sighs> and he turned to his wife and he said, I'm there. We got it. And she said, here are the divorce papers. Yeah, right? Yeah, that blind spot. Absolutely, because he wasn't paying attention. And, you know, the important piece is he was the relationship with his brother, with whom he co-led this firm, was degrading because he was totally overcalibrated. The work there was to get him refocused on what was important, relationship over task. Yeah. And now, no, he's still divorced. He's remarried. He and his wife have a brilliant co-parenting relationship with his ex-wife. Kids are active parts of all of their lives. And he and his brother have taken this firm to 50 million. So the work can be done. You don't have to wait until the divorce papers come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coaching is much less expensive than a divorce attorney. <laughs> Yes. And, um, and, but, you know, conversely too, like you said, I mean, he's made it work post-divorce as well too. So really there's no wrong time. It's not, you got a pulse, you got time. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I did see that on your site. So um, (laughs) that's a great thought. What does being a thought leader mean to you? Oh, it means being a lightning rod. If you have to have a point of view and you have to be clear and a clear point of view that, that works for everyone touches no one. And so if it's not, Michael Neal said that if you're not getting, oh, he didn't say shot at, but effectively, if you're not getting <laughs> negative commentary every day, you're not a thought leader. Mm-hmm. And, and it's true because if you, if you don't have a point of view strong enough to touch some people deeply, mm-hmm. you're going to piss off some people. And that's the nature of it. So being clear, being consistent, and being honest and authentic to who you are, that's critical to being a thought leader. Sure doesn't matter what you're talking about. Yeah. And you use that word clarity a lot. I like that in the midlife clarity. Um, I, I heard that earlier. So you have to be clear on what you believe and be bold enough to say it and to stand for the criticism. Yeah. Because the criticism will come. 
<laughs> so let's talk about that. How do you handle, um, you know, I won't call that a failure, right? Because it means that you're doing something right. But how do you oh, yeah. handle that um, and keep moving forward? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I was taught that you're not responsible for your first thought, but you are responsible for your second. Well, my first thought, I don't handle it well. I mean, when I get the criticism, it feels awful. And what, I, what I'm clear on, what I know is that if I've ticked off that one person, there are 10 that I've touched. And mm -hmm. so I have to reframe it. And I take it in, but I don't take it personally. Right? If I'm getting feedback, what is it that's underneath it? What is it that I've touched in them that have upset them, that have got them to criticize it? Mm -hmm. Have I triggered something? Have I touched something? Is it just a disagreement? What information is, is available for me? And if there's not any, if I take it personally, it unhinges me and it keeps me from serving. Right. Those other 10 people. And, and you have to ask no yourself benefit. too, you know, what, uh, are, are they even the person that you were trying to reach? And even if they are, you know, other people's stuff is other people's stuff. And it's not to deflect it. It's not mine. It's where it reached them and how they chose could have been an awful day. And they saw something I wrote and it, it triggered them and they were so ticked off. They wrote something, or it could be something that's deeply antithetical to who they are or not. Or not, yeah. And it is. It's really hard not to take it personally. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a, a author friend who said, don't read your book reviews ever. Ever, hey? Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough one. I always want to take a sneak peek um, and maybe just read the top ones. <laughs> oh, I've read them all. I didn't listen to the advice. Got it. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about your book, and uh, we'll follow up by other um, book recommendations. But your your book is Mindset Monday, and uh, it fifty two bits yes, fifty two of ways to rewire your thinking and transform your life. I um I didn't plan on writing a book. <laughs> when I started Mindset Mondays, I had wanted to get more facile with speaking to any topic through the lens of my point of view, mm -hmm. live and off the cuff. And so the marketing person that I've been working with since 1996 said, here, no problem. Just take one of your business cards. They all have leadership quotes on the back. Flip on a live stream and wax poetic for 10 to 15 minutes. I'm like, great. We played around Mondays, Mindset Mondays. They're all about mindset, leadership, and learning. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, people started showing up for these live broadcasts. And people started commenting on them after and in between and started a Facebook group, you know, private Facebook group for the folks who participate, I mean, who come and watch these live right, broadcasts. Yeah. And I started to learn a ton from the community about how mindset lands and how shifts happen and how to make it real. And what I didn't remember is Jody had said, oh, yeah, after the live broadcast, it could be a book and courses and then, and then. I'm like, because I was just throwing up from the live broadcast. And you're oh, showing up for your people. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, a colleague of mine, Laurie Shires, and I put this book together from the first year of broadcasts. What I believe and I know and I think about mindset and leadership, plus what I've learned from the community. And Pew Research Foundation in 2015 said 41% of people who buy a book read past chapter one. And I'm like, I am not going to put all of this energy and effort into a book to become shelfware. Right. right? Yeah. So this is built with, you know, the 52 chapters are readily digestible and easily actionable. And we build a rewire framework, a six-step 
series of prompts at the end of every chapter that gives a concrete way for the reader to take what they've learned or take yeah. that mindset from that chapter out into their world and make the learning real so that it, they can create meaningful lasting change and not just read something, put it down and go back to the email. Yeah, that makes sense. Was that six, um, those six prompts have to do with Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? No, I didn't even thought of that. Well, <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> you know, just to no, keep you from that Monday to Monday and keep that momentum. Um, I think that's how I would break it down if I digested it. I'm an impatient human. So I tend to go through it faster than one chapter a mm -hmm. week. I know there are a number of companies right now where the leadership teams are using this book one chapter each week with their leadership team as they book club it through the year. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I'm maybe it's just the ADD. I'm impatient. I wanted to move <laughs> faster. Yes. Right. So these prompts are based on brain science, based on neuroscience. And it's the idea of how do you get folks to pause, reflect, take it in? experiment with it in their world, write down. It's rewire, not retire, because it's not type. It's yeah. write. Yeah. Something's different the way we encode and decode information By and hand. process it before we write. Yeah. And then investigate, revise the experiment again, and expand. Take that learning to somewhere else in your world. It's all based on how our brains learn and how we create new habits. Yeah. So it's like, I want people to use this. Sure. Yeah. And, and um, either way, right. So in f 52 hours or 52 weeks, just, you know, <laughs> if you're like David, um, you have a cohort coming up. Um, is this something that you bring them through? Are you bringing them through mindset money? Oh, yeah. Or tell us what, what you're doing with the group that you're going to be working with next. Well, what, until I launched this program, the Mindset Money's Accelerator, nobody knew the book was based on seven different concepts, seven different themes that roll through the book. So what I've done is the idea is 52 weeks of mindset shift in 52 days. Okay. So over those seven weeks, we go through those seven different themes in the book. And through live coaching and a community connection in between, I help the folks that are in these cohorts power through rewiring their thinking so that they can transform what it is in their life they want to see different. Yeah. And that community aspect is so important, so valuable. Like you said, you were learning from your community. So, I mean, it follows that the community members are going to learn from each other. Yeah, doing it alone is not fun. No, never is. Um, I, I want to bring up one more website. Um, you have many out there, but this is the leadersread.com yeah. website. You know, we ask all of our guests for a book recommendation. Uh, everyone, if you're listening um, or, you know, have time, go to leadersread.com. David's got tons of books there that um, are recommended. Do you have one, though, that's top of mind that you'd like to, to speak to or pass on to somebody? Absolutely. And it's a skinny book. I like skinny books. Like, Teeny books, they're yeah. really good for entrepreneurs. <laughs> um, go get uh, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. It, it, it's essential for a couple reasons. One is The Four Agreements themselves, working you through the idea that two most important ones are stop making assumptions and don't take things personally. Yeah. Of the four, those two are incredibly powerful for entrepreneurs where everything that we're doing is based on who we are at our core. And so it's in, we inherently take things personally. This book changed my view of 30 years as an entrepreneur. That book changed more of my thinking than anything else. And it also talks about domestication. Just the idea that 
there's so many different unwritten rules that we've inherited from community, from family, from society, from our educational structure, our culturation system that aren't ours, that don't resonate with us, that don't work for us, but they drive us unconsciously anyway. It's a chance yes. to unpack those and choose consciously the rules by which you live your life. Got it. But so that will keep you from the midlife flip out. The, in the midnight flip out and, and move you to mid, midlife clarity. Um, that one has been recommended here before. Um, and often a lot of times people say, read it again, if you haven't read mm -hmm. it in a while. So read it um, routinely. Hey, for any of your listeners who also speak Spanish, get it in the original Spanish. It's gorgeous. Oh, okay. That's it's a good fantastic. tip. Fantastic. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, so you, I, I already talked about the cohort that's coming up. Tell us what's next and then how you prefer people to reach out and find you so that they can start working with you or learn more from you. Well, it's interesting. My coach years ago told me, write the book you needed to read. So I did. That's Mindset Mondays. Mm -hmm. He also said, write the book that, that scares the crap out of you. So there is another book coming and that's part of what I'm working on now. And it's like everything else, if it's terrifying and it makes your stomach flip, it's probably something to put a lot of effort and energy a to. A little bit difference between stomach turning and stomach flipping. Exactly. <laughs> and and the book is more about, you know, defining success as an inside game, right? So yes. to play off of Marsha Goldsmith, what got you there won't get you here. And that's what the book is about. Very nice. So um, what website do you like to connect on people with most? Ooh. Easiest way to find me, first of all, is at MindsetMondaysWithDTK.com. Mm -hmm. You can download the Rewire framework for free and play with it even before you get the book. So use That's it. Generous. It's a structured approach to, to really embed new ways of thinking, being, or doing. It's free. Get it. Use it. And also, I am all over Facebook and LinkedIn. So look for David Taylor Klaus. I'm the only one. <laughs> the only one and the best one. That's a, that's how that works. <laughs> easiest to be best when you're the only. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, thanks for your time and your thoughts today, David. My pleasure. Catherine Mora here. Thank you so much for listening to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit changeempire.com slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, Please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Thought Leaders to Watch. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, changeempire.com or follow me on LinkedIn as Catherine Moore. We're on Facebook and Instagram as Change Empire Book Coaching. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.